Hello and a very warm welcome to the fourth Celtic View podcast of the new season. Celtic may already have been in competitive action for several weeks, but this weekend sees the start of the Scottish Premiership campaign. On Saturday, Brendan Rodgers and his players start the defence of their league crown at home to newly promoted Livingston. Club legend Danny McGrain will unfurl the league flag in front of a packed out stadium, a moment of celebration on the achievements of last season, before Brendan Rodgers and his players turn their attentions to targeting an eighth successive league title. And the new league season will form the basis of our discussion in this episode, with insight provided by several members of the Celtic first team squad. My name is Mark Henderson and today I'm delighted to be joined by Celtic View editor Paul Cuddy and, for the first time, by Celtic's Head of Digital Marketing, Craig Johnson. So first of all, Craig, a very warm welcome to the Celtic View podcast. Hi, Mark. I'm delighted to be here. Looking forward to my, making my debut. And of course, uh, we're joined once more by Paul. And, and Paul, I'll start off with you. As I said, Celtic have already you know, played a, a number of important matches in this season, but it's the league campaign and it always feels like it's at the proper start of the season once you, you start getting to the league action. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Mark. I mean, I think, as you say, it's the season's already been well up and running for us, but you know, I think Flag Day is always special and, you know, obviously, particularly for those of us of a, of a certain vintage that, that we really do savour these occasions. I think some of the younger fans, I think they just think that's part and parcel of Celtic's tradition now that we won the league and then we raise the flag. But I think we, you know, I, I always appreciate it, always like it because it's a reminder that we are the best team in Scotland and also a reminder that that hasn't always been the case. And, and again, it then focuses, the, I think, the players and the fans on, on the season ahead and, Interestingly, even you know Brendan Rodgers, I think just wanting to, to tell people just let's focus on this season. Let's not look too too far ahead. So, I think it'll be a good day on Saturday. I'm guessing three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon again. That's just what we all grew up with. So I'm I'm looking forward to that, and I'm sure it'll be a, a great day. Yeah, it always is, and obviously there's going to be a special element as I mentioned there in the intro. Danny McGrain unfurling the league flag, a a wonder, wonderful and a very well deserved accolade for Danny and, and Craig. You know, he's someone that you know, really epitomises what it is to be a Celtic legend, you know, such faithful service to the club over so many years and still, you know, involved. He's still up at Lennox Town and, and Brendan Rodgers, I remember, has spoken so warmly about Danny um, and, and how he is still an integral part of the club. So a, a great a great honour for Danny to be unfurling the flag. Absolutely. I think it's um, just testament to the service that he's given to the club, the, the player that he was, that he's still remembered, still revered here, from, uh, still revered here today. I think, um, I think it'll be a great occasion on Saturday. I think um, it's very fitting that he'll be unveiling the flag and um, hopefully it'll be the start of another amazing season for the club. And he does have the, the greatest ever beard in, in football history, so quite apart from the fact he was a world-class player. <laughs> yeah, well, you did. True you that. did do your best, Paul, for a number of years to to grow a, a similar type beard, but I'm, I, I don't think it'll ever compare to Danny's. No, I think, and I I think everybody's got this affection for for Danny. I always remember uh, Tommy Burns when he was asked to pick his his greatest ever Celtic player, and he said it was Danny McGrain. Always Danny, just from the way he trained and played, and was just this just iconic player. And you know, I think everybody. Loves him, so I'm sure come Saturday afternoon, just before three o'clock, he'll get an incredible reception when he comes up. Yeah, fully, fully deserved, as we said. And you know, when you speak to Danny as well, he's such he is such the humble hero, Paul, isn't he? He's um, you know, never not one to really big up his achievements at Celtic. Um, quite the opposite, in fact, at, at times. 
but um, you speak to any player of that generation, opposition players included as well, and they'll always pick out Danny McGrain, never afraid to shirk a tackle, certainly <laughs> either, when you speak to opposition players that came up against him, but the respect, I think that's the thing, Every uni- it's universal respect that Danny has across the game. Yeah, I mean, I think at the time when he played, it was said that Celtic had the best right-back and left-back in football, <laughs> and that's because Danny, particularly when he played for Scotland, he filled in at left-back, so he was... A great player, as you say, I think players, when you talk to players who played alongside him, I always remember, I think I think it might have been you that did an interview with Danny Craney and he just said it was, you could actually tell from the way Danny McGrain hit the ball how, how he was going to get the pass and just that, a wonderful player. So it's I think it's always a special day anyway, flag day, and it's always, it's a good way for us to start the season, but then as soon as the, the game starts then you're thinking ahead to the campaign, 38 games and obviously come the end of the season we hope to be in the, the same position again. Yeah, now we're going to fast forward a bit to the, the current season and uh, I caught up with Callum McGregor and Lewis Morgan for this week's Celtic View at Lennoxton to preview the living teams that Celtic will face over the coming campaign. And here's a flavour of what Callum had to say as he gave his thoughts on the prospect of facing Hibernian over the coming 12 months. So lost a couple of big players. Dylan lost their way and um, it was really good for them. Um, Brandon Barker, really pacey winger, but it looked like they've recruited the guys they brought in of the old, obviously, Cam Berry and Stevie Mallon. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, with some brilliant <laughs> epic games against them last season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we played uh, we played them, obviously, a, a number of times as well. We played them in the Cup, and you know, every time we played them, it was a tough game. Um, and obviously, we won a few, they, they won one and, and got a few draws as well. So. Uh, you know, we know again it'll be a tough side coming up against uh, Lenny again as well, and you know it'll be a, a bit a tough test for us again. But as you say, they've lost a, f- a few players, but also they've recruited well as well. I think Stevie Mallon's kind of he's coming off to a flyer and mm-hmm. scored a few free kicks. Canberra, I thought was was excellent in the game against us at the end of the season. So you know he's a real threat for them as well. But um, you know, obviously we, we know what it's like when you go there. It's it's a tough test, and to be fair, it's it's always good footballing games as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's always good games to play in. So. Um, you know, we'll be, we'll be looking forward to that as well. Do you, do you enjoy playing against Tibbs in a way? Because, I mean, there's such, the games last year were so entertaining mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah, exactly. You can tell with the sort of score lines, you know, like 2 2, 4 2. Yeah. You know, games like that, you know, it was always high sort of scoring games. And, and uh, you know, they, they like to play as well. They've got pace, you know. Um, Boyle on the sides as well, you know, he can he, he can he can run as well and you know, they get it to him, he crosses it and you get strikers in the box going and attacking it. So um, you know, again, they'll be a tough test for us. Yeah. Where do you think they'll they'll be finished fourth last season, there or thereabouts? I think they'll be again, yeah, up there and there and thereabouts, yeah. Callum McGregor there talking up the threat of Hibs and Obviously, Callum, full of respect for the the menace posed by Hibs, particularly after those epic matches between the sides last season. But Craig, they're not the only team that, that Celtic will face this season at near the top of the table. It's certainly not one of the teams that, going in the evidence of last season, there was a lot of really good games, good competitive games in the Scottish Premiership, and, and Celtic will have to face a number of tough tests this season. Are there any teams that you would identify that could run the hoops close this season? 
I think if you look at the top six, there's a very interesting mix in there, the top six from last season. If you um, see Aberdeen, Aberdeen have lost a few players. They've lost like Kenny McLean. Um, Ryan Christie's come back here. Uh, they signed a couple of midfielders. Um, they had a good result against Burnley during the week, but um, it'll be interesting to see. I think they've still got some investment to make there. Uh, Rangers obviously have brought in a lot of loan signings, and again, they've got an unproven manager. So it'll be... So it's really you're never sure what's going to happen there. I am um, Craig Levine has brought in thirteen odd players, I think, in the last count. I am um, so they seem to be warming up a little bit after yesterday's victory against Inverness Cali. And then if you look at Hibs, Hibs lost a lot of players. So they've lost McLaren. Allen's come back here. I am um, Brandon Barker's gone back to Man City. I am um, they've lost Dylan McKeoch, which I think is a major player for them. They've uh, I think in the last three games they scored thirteen goals, conceded nine. So there's obviously they've got it right going forward. I think Lenny always managed to do that with a team, but con- conceding wise, it's a lot of goals conceded against relatively poor opposition. I I noticed that he's brought in Stevie Mallon. Stevie Mallon's tried in that um, defensive role that McGeoch's vacated. So uh, that might be an opportunity there to try and solidify. Um, but no, I think it's very exciting in the in the teams that that could challenge. Again, um, it's a case of they might take points off each other, which is obviously good for us. Um, but obviously bodes well for some exciting games coming up at Paradise. Uh, I think that's right, uh, Craig. I mean, you, you mentioned it at the start that the Scottish clubs had very good results uh, last week in Europe and you know I think that's really encouraging as well to see that you know first of all well I think all of us are sick and tired of hearing Scottish football being talked down particularly from down south but it shows that you know it's a really competitive league there's some you know going to be some uh, really competitive matches next season and uh, I, I think it, it really bodes well for, for the coming up the coming campaign obviously you know I think Judging how Celtic have started their European matches, we're, we're in a really strong position to hopefully go on and make it eight in a row. But Paul, it's good to see that there's, you know, there's that kind of uh, real positivity around Scottish football at the moment. You've got really good, healthy attendances. You know, Scottish clubs are hopefully beginning to make a bit of progress in Europe too. Well, I mean, I think if, I think if the clubs progress in Europe, I think that ultimately can benefit us as well. Well, hopefully, you would hope that, that there's a knock-on effect in terms of the coefficient. Well, no, I'm not sure if anybody can quite understand or explain <laughs> how, how the whole thing works. That was my next question, people. <laughs> um, I was just going to defer to the head of digital marketing <laughs> for that one. But, you know, I, I think it is encouraging. I mean, I think particularly, as you say, if, if Aberdeen could not burn out, it would, be just, it would be great for Scottish football. But I do think, you know, the fact that Celtic, I think, have raised the bar in terms of their, their performances and, and the, the quality over the last couple of years, I think that actually in a way drags teams up because I think obviously the greater challenge is then to what can other teams do to try and challenge Celtic you know as Craig said obviously the Rangers have completely rebuilt you know not only a new manager but a new team so we have to wait and see you know they've got the toughest of, of starts away at Pataudry on the opening day of the season I think Hibs have shown um, I think it's just going to be one of those seasons again I think some of their early season European results have just been obviously incredible <laughs> uh, from a fan's point of view to mm-hmm. watch but um, I think defensively, you know, that will probably be yeah, their undoing open, yeah. because they'll they'll have I think they'll have some great results this season, but maybe in some of the key games, whether they're playing Hearts or Aberdeen or whatever, they it may be if they don't tighten up defensively, that could that could yeah, cost closing them. down the game, being able to see it out. I think is is their big problem. Yeah, but they're obviously able to score goals. I mean, you know, even just they were two 0 down at half time last week, they came back three two. So I think again they'll be they'll be a team that will not sit back against. 
Celtic, they'll they'll come and they'll attack us, and I think that makes for great games, certainly from a fans' point of view. Yeah, and I think uh, similar to Aberdeen, Craig, I think Hibs have still they've still got a number of players they want to bring in to to supplement the squad. But the the like Camberry, I think, looks like he's been a really astute piece of business. Get, you know, managing to get him in a, a permanent basis. You saw the goals he scored towards the end of last season. He's already amongst the goals in the early matches as well. And they do have that threat of Boyle down that right-hand side. He's such yep. a speedy mm-hmm. player. He gets lots of crosses into the box. So, you know, I think there's still going to be changes to squads and personnel over the coming weeks. But, you know, as you say, Hibs, Hibs look like they're going to be a really entertaining side over the coming season. And Hearts are an interesting one as well. Um, you know, I think last season was a, a difficult season for them. They, they didn't start well. Changed manager Craig Levine mm-hmm. came yeah. in, obviously really solidified the team, but it, it w- obviously maybe wasn't the best to watch at times. But you know they got into the top six, cemented their place, and they'll be looking to build in that going forward. And you know with the, the resources they have, the facilities, obviously the new stand at the Tyne Castle, completing the stadium, they'll be looking to really push on this season. Mm-hmm. And obviously they'll be really really furious to see Hibs above them they'll be looking <laughs> to so turn well, the yeah. tables on their, their Edinburgh rivals so I think that that's going to be an interesting uh, aspect of the season and another team that has maybe been forgotten about is Kilmarnock I mean Kilmarnock were yep. such a consistent mm-hmm. force last season after Steve Clark came in a remarkable remarkable run of results to rise from the bottom of the league up to a fifth place finish. So Paul, they're maybe a team that maybe have gone under the radar, but they, they've not really lost many of their important key players from last season. And they have that, of course, that wonderful pitch down there to assist them as well. <laughs> I, I think uh, Steve Clark's biggest difficulty is obviously he came in and he was starting from such a low point that the only way, well, I suppose they could have gone down, but I think it was, it was probably a good uh, position for him to come in because then he could bring them up and, and they did impress. I think the difficulty for them is to, to maintain that because you know if you look at some of the other teams who have strength and who have looked and, and seen areas of weakness where they have to improve and well Kilmarnock might have that kind of consistency in their squad everybody kind of knows now what to expect and so I think it might be difficult for them you know St Johnson for example will be looking to get back into the top six again that would have you know annoyed them I think Motherwell are kind of hit or miss you never know what, mm-hmm. what's going to happen with them but again they, they've got a, a decent manager and they'll be looking to transform that cup form into the league I think the likes of certainly Dundee Livingston I think St Mirren might struggle they might really be down near the bottom um, but I think there's two, maybe two or three teams Kilmarnock St Johnson Motherwell will, will think that they've got a chance of getting into that top six as well well, you spoke about some unknown quantities there, Paul. And now we're going to hear from Lewis Morgan, who gave us an insight into the thread posed by one of the Premiership new boys this season, Livingston. Livingston, obviously an amazing season last season yeah. to get promoted. Another managerial change for them. Um, what what were their strengths from what you witnessed last season? Yeah, um, I think uh, everyone knows what Livingston are about. They didn't. They weren't pretty at times, but mm-hmm. it was effective. Um, David Hopkins had them playing a, a style of football that suited them. Um, and the players, they were great team spirit, got the best at each other. Mm-hmm. And really, if you looked at the start of the season, people would maybe think they didn't have the right to, to be up there, and, and they proved that wrong. Um, that we always had tough games against them. Um, that they don't make excuses, they'll, they'll put the ball long, but um, obviously the new manager coming in, he'll have his own ideas. I, I'm not sure how, how maybe he'll want to implement his style of play. Um, so again, it's, it's a tough one to gauge what, how they'll do. Um, I, I 
obviously there'll be more turnover at the club as well. But they've got good players as well, um, mm-hmm. young players that are, that are exciting. And if, if they can, I'm sure you, as you've seen the past at Thistle game, mm-hmm. that they're, they're a challenge that they're hard to play against, are hard to beat, and um, they, they've got they've got threat and behind as well with with the players they've got. So again, it's a, it's obviously it's a wee, they're a bit of an unknown to everyone in the Premiership mm-hmm. and. and Certainly, even though I played against them last year, they'll be an unknown to me as well with with the new manager coming in. So um, it'll be obviously the the resources there might not be as, as like what maybe a will have, but um, the club have done excellently well last year and um, they deserve all the plaudits they got. Uh, any players you would pick out from Livingston that um, are the key for them? Obviously, Craig Halkett was a was a big player for me as a captain. Um, he was probably. One of the standout players in the league last year, mm-hmm. I thought they put Pittman in the middle again, who I think's a, a really good player as well. And then you've got young players coming through like Nicky Cadden out wide, who mm-hmm. is she's dangerous as well. So they've got again they've got a mix of experience and youth, and um, mm-hmm. they've got a few exciting players. But it's, it's it's going to be a new challenge for all those players really, because um, it's the same squad that's pretty much been there since mm-hmm. League One, so they don't have a lot of top flight experience. But then again, um, if they can do what they did last year, there'll be a problem. Morgan there giving us some expertise on facing Livingston who he of course played against last season whilst helping St Mirren clinch the championship title and interesting to speak to to Lewis Paul because you know obviously we don't really know as much about Livingston and St Mirren uh, as because they weren't in the, the premiership last season but Livingston what an achievement that was to gain promotion, you know, given the the pre-season predictions for the side, and they did a David Hopkin did an incredible job there to get them where they they did, and then of course to beat Partick Thistle in the playoffs, and you know whilst we don't really know a lot of their players, they can't be taken lightly. No, I I, I suspect though that, that their plan, they they would probably have had a plan at the club for where they they want to be in X amount of years, and they're probably ahead of that. So yeah, very much. Yeah, I think it might be difficult for them this season, and it's interesting Lewis Morgan talking about. You know, damned by faint praise, he said they had a particular style and they made no apologies for it, so it was very <laughs> difficult to play against. But at the same time, obviously, they've lost a manager, they've got a new manager, player manager, which is always, always think that's an interesting dynamic at a club. They may surprise a lot of people, but I'm, I'm guessing most people, Craig, are going to tip Livingston to get straight back down. You would imagine so. I think um, it was a surprise for them coming up. I think um, they put they've they kind of they've changed their pitch as well, which is an interesting thing. They brought in the Astroturf pitch. I noticed they've been doing their pre-season games at Preston Field in Edinburgh um, instead of playing at home. Obviously, and playing new pitch, so they'll be new to their own pitch. So does that negate their their home advantage? They've um, they kind of signed a few players. I think Ryan Hardy's gone back there. He's um, back on loan. I uh, scored a few goals from last season, so that might give them a bit of a boost. I uh, they've got the old warhorse Lee Millen up front as well. I um, did even well. older warhorse and Kenny Miller. <laughs> yes, I think I think the player manager notion is always quite a kind of romantic notion. It's always the Roy Race um, kind of scenario, and you you kind of think, will that work? It's it's never really proven to work um, previously. Uh, so I think uh, Kenny Miller's got his work out there. What he has got is a, a backroom staff that's still there from David Hopkins' time. So they've kind of carried on that momentum from last season. So they topped their group from from League Cup stages, which I know is always difficult because it kind of 
they're glorified pre-season friendlies but at the same time they've done well to get out of that group which um knocking out hamilton along the way so there's so there is kind of oper- there is positivity around about them but i think they will definitely have the work out yeah as you said uh, a, a change a huge change when you change your manager and that's also the same for the other newly promoted side st Mirren, who lost uh, Jack Ross, uh, someone who Brendan Rodgers really liked, and and you know inv- invited him up to Lennox Town as well to to look at Celtic's training methods. And f- for to lose Jack Ross was obviously a significant blow, but the Sunder- lure of the Sunderland job was obviously too much for him to turn down, and the prospect of trying to take them back into the big time. And Alan Stubbs has come in to take over the reins at St Mirren, someone with experience in Scottish football, but will also have his new ideas. And Craig, that's going to be a challenge as well for St Mirren. You know. Jack Ross had turned their fortunes around so remarkably and now they've got a new manager in a new division. Yeah, I think um, from their pre-season, they'll struggle to score goals this season. Um, they've won, I think, three of their games on penalties. They've um, they've obviously lost Lewis Morgan, which is a major blow for them, and they've lost another striker, which I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I think it was such a shame them losing um, Jack Ross in the way they did. Um, I think just coming up, they would have liked another season under him. I, I think to rub salt into the wounds, he then comes up and thumps them in a pre-season friendly, which probably hurt them even more. Um, but I think under Alan Stubbs, they've got a good manager, plays good football. Um, I think it'll take a while for him to probably get his his kind of um, playing style over. But it is a case of getting the right players in. I know he's been speaking to Everton. I was reading that the other day to try and get young players in. And I think that'll be an interesting thing this season is the change in the English um, transfer deadline. So that happening, I think it's on the 9th of August. Um, so I think that's that finishing early will hopefully benefit Scottish clubs, um, certainly in terms of the loan market and in terms of ourselves trying to trying to uh, keep our players, but also lure kind of players from England as well. Yeah, that could be an interesting movement. Interestingly, when we talk about St Mirren, I've got a couple of relatives who are like mad St Mirren fans, and they actually have said it to me loads of times that in some respects they actually prefer being in the Championship because then. It's more competitive. They're winning mm-hmm. more games than they're losing, and they can enjoy it. Whereas, quite often for St. Mirren in, in the Premiership, it's been a really hard slog, and and you know they're down there in the bottom, and they're losing a lot of games. And it becomes a bit disheartening, you know, even if you're a fanatical fan. If you're going every week and you're seeing your team get beat, and and I think Lewis Morgan's actually been a key loss for them because mm-hmm. you know I think he was a key player for them in winning the championship yeah, last year. So obviously, we hope it's Celtic's gain, but certainly. I, I think if they have to hope that the first few weeks of the season they get some positive results, just even just to solidify things and, and let them know they're going in the right direction. If they were to get a few defeats in the first few weeks, I think mm-hmm. it, that could be quite tough for them. Yeah, so momentum is so important, uh, Paul, as you said, particularly for teams that are new to the division. And um, it's obviously St Mirren have, have, have made a, a, a big change in, in personnel as well. But Livingston, let's focus on them because they're going to be our first opponents of of the campaign on Saturday in front of a packed out paradise and uh, it'll be a massive occasion great occasion for Livingston back in the big time back in the top flight but uh, obviously we'll be looking to start with three points and, and sort of crown off flag day with, with a, a good result and to build some momentum as we try to make it eight in a row obviously we'll be firm favourites in the game but we'll be coming off the back of a, a difficult Champions League qualifier Brendan Rodgers and his players, they look really prepared. Uh, you know, everything seems to be going well in the season and, and it all goes well for, for hopefully a positive performance. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Livingston's first visit here in league duty for, for a long time and 
you know, I, th- I think there's very few people who will give them a chance, but I, I, I think the, the one area there won't be complacency is in the Celtic squad, because there has been over the years, if you look at the opening day of the season, sometimes teams coming, I don't know whether it's just the fact that there's the those kind of pre-match celebrations and there's a real high, and then teams can frustrate Celtic, so there's been, you know, I remember a couple of 0-0 draws with Kilmarnock, for example, so I think Livingston will come with a game plan. I actually think, although I'm not convinced about the whole player-manager thing, I think Kenny Miller even though he's he's getting on in years, he's still a, a really good player. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- yeah. I think they could have probably been utilised last season to greater effect. So I think he'll, well, you'll see him probably slowly start to make his way to the, you know, the sidelines more than being on the pitch. I think he's probably a good experience for a, for a new team coming up to have somebody like him, you know, not only leading off the park, but leading on the park. Yeah, I was actually, I mean, it was a bit of a surprise at times last season that, Kenny Miller wasn't greater utilised by Rangers because he was always a prominent player in the Glasgow derbies you know, against Celtic. He was always one that you looked out for uh, when mm-hmm. the teams were announced to see if he was playing. Despite his, you know, been a veteran stage of his career, he was always an effective player, very intelligent. And uh, I think he'll be a real asset to Livingston over the coming season on the park as well as obviously off the park as manager. Uh, but Craig, yeah, important, you know, Big league, big occasion that Celtic hopefully can kick off with three points. And do you expect it to be that type of game where Livingston are just going to sit back and be really cagey and just try and frustrate Celtic for as long as possible? I think that will probably be the case. I think um, they'll look not to not con- not to concede early. Um, I noticed that Kenny Miller was saying that he learned a lot from his time at Rangers of how to play Brendan Rodgers' teams. So that bodes well for us. So she's scored a few goals <laughs> <laughs> in most games. Um, but yeah, I think... I, I, I haven't seen enough of Livingston. I think they were a limited team last season, but they played to their strengths. Um, the way we've started this season bodes very well for us. is very exciting. Um, the way the the way that Edwards play and the way that Enchams um, started off the season, I think we will be too strong for them. We've only got a couple injuries. Lee Griffiths and Johnny Hayes probably being the guys that are that are missing, but. But yeah, it's. I think there's. We've got enough in there. Um, we've started off the season well, and um, yeah, I think a nice three points to to kick off the season will be fine. And it would be re- remiss of us, Mark, if with the head of digital marketing, who's here on the podcast, if we don't say that tickets are still available for the game, <laughs> which kicks off Very at three true. o'clock. Buy them at CelticFC.net. <laughs> Come online, get your tickets as soon as you can. There's not many left. And also. We always give shameless plugs to our publication, so I know that Mark has spoken to Kieran Tierney. It's kind of first exclusive interview he's given to the publications this season. That's in the programme for Saturday's game as well, and that's well worth reading. Yeah, it was great to catch up with Kieran. Um, obviously, it's been a, a packed pre-season schedule for him, but you know, sitting down talking about Flag Day, some really, really fascinating comments from Kieran. Obviously, he made his Celtic Park bow three years ago on Flag Day, so he's got some special memories of of that occasion, and we just sort of reflected on his incredible Celtic Park journey over the past three years, and it it really is, uh, really is tremendous to to see a young player coming through at the club, such a a firm fan, and to see what he's achieved and what he still wants to achieve in his Celtic career, so that's definitely worth looking out for. Now, he's, Kieran has obviously started the season brilliantly and another Celtic player that's started the season in terrific form, continuing from last season, is Callum McGregor. And now we're going to hear what Callum thinks about the resumption of league duty after the summer. Just finally, what you, uh, how much are you excited just about the, the season then? Are you, uh, as we go through all the teams, are you excited to get the, the league campaign up running again? Yeah, definitely. I think... 
you know, the season season really starts when, you know, the league game's playing, you you're playing that first league game and you know, you start to get a feel for the other teams as well. So, um, you know, there's nothing better than playing on a Saturday or a, or a Sunday, you know, in the league and you've got the Celtic fans travelling away and then all the all the boys at home as well. So it's you know, that's when you start to really kick into the season and, you know, hopefully hopefully we can go and do well again. When you've went through all these teams there, and as you said, there's so many teams you say, aye, tough test, and it just shows Scottish, the Scottish Premiership is, it's not an easy league, is it, when you, when you go through all the teams like No, that? exactly, you, you know, every day maybe doesn't get as much credit as as what it should, but, you know, to, to play here or to play at Celtic, you know, everybody's always, when they play against you, it's their cup final, and, you know, they always want to beat you, and so it's, you know, this is about the standards here as well, that you go into every game, you know, that every team wants to beat you and you have to be at it every single week, you know, it's it's fine for maybe some of the other teams where they turn up one week and get a good result and then the next two or three weeks, you know, they sort of take their eye off the ball, but, you know, I think playing here, it's it's about being consistent every single week and, you know, the team that you're playing against wants to beat you, so you've got to match that first and foremost and then, you know, your, hopefully your quality can come through in the game. Well, that's us going to finish up the talk of league chat. We're going to move on now to European action. And, of course, Celtic are in a crucial Champions League qualifier as they take on Rosenberg away in Trondheim, looking to progress to the UEFA Champions League third qualifying round, holding a 3-1 first leg advantage. Paul, a wonderful performance last week in Paradise, particularly after Celtic went behind so early in the game. Resilience character, quality, it all came to the fore, particularly in that second half. Yeah, well, I actually thought it was it was from the moment that Brendan Rodgers, and he, and he, after after the game he admitted he, he kind of, it was his fault in terms of the way we started, but as soon as he moved James Forrest out wide to the right, moved Callum McGregor inside, the whole momentum of the game changed, and we got goals at vital times just before half-time and just after half-time, and... You know, I think it was the the woodwork combination of the woodwork and some good goalkeeping that has kept Rosenberg just hanging into this tie. Because I think another goal that would have absolutely killed it. I think the difficulty that they have is that they they don't score a lot of goals, and they are a. You, know, you can see why they cause teams problems because they are quite compact and they they'll hit on the break. But the the danger is that they have to come out and attack, and and Celtic know that they're going to create chances, and I think they're going to score goals. So, I, I'm fairly confident. You know, as long as you know nothing kind of catastrophic happens in the first five, ten minutes where we can see a goal or, you know, or to lose a, a player and get down to ten men, I think I think we'll win the game in Trondheim. Yeah, I think Rosenberg, in, probably in their heart of hearts, know that the, the tie is more or less away from them because last season they got a better result here and then we went over there and won. So that's probably part of them that, well, they'll see how the game starts. I th- I'm sure that part of them is gearing up to, to play in Cork City in the Europa League in the next round. Yeah, it was it was probably one of the most impressive European performances I, I've seen here. I mean, when you consider how early it is in the season for Celtic in terms of fitness and getting your form, um, to play a team like Rosenberg in the midst of their season and to completely turn them over in that second half, I mean, it was wave after wave of attacks. Rosenberg just couldn't get out. And uh, I think at the end they were probably happy just to see the final whistle, not only to be 3-1 down, given Celtic's dominance. Uh, Craig, it was a great occasion, it was a brilliant performance and... You know, when you see the team playing at that level so early in the season, it must give optimism to all the supporters. Absolutely. I think the pace they played in that second half, the way they moved the ball around, was phenomenal. It was um, it was great to watch. I think um, Paul's right. I think that change in tactics made made a huge difference. I think freeing up KT on the left wing as well yeah, and yeah. getting him forward certainly helped Scotty Sinclair. He played well in the second half. 
Um, I think Rosenberg liked to play off of Bednar's up front, and I think we did a great job in kind of isolating him up here. So it'd be interesting to see if we can do the same over in Norway. And um, because once he's once he's got the ball, he's not got the pace. Um, if we can isolate him, um, keep the runners off him, then I, like Paul says, I think they struggle to score goals. Yeah, and lot from the evidence of last season, Celtic, you know, looked so comfortable away from home uh, over in Rosenberg. It was one. It was a terrific performance given the pressure that Celtic were under going into the game the, the tight nil nil Rosenberg's tails were up they were confident of, of progressing but Celtic went there really dominated possession and a, a wonderful James Forrest goal to, to win the tie so I think we can take confidence from that as well we've been there we've won mm-hmm. a, a game and we've scored and with the attacking threat we have you just always fancy us to create chances Paul yeah I mean I think obviously Odson Edward is going to le- lead the line and he's just started on fire I actually think if if Musa had been playing I think the two of them I don't even think we would have struggled at the start I think the, the shape of the mm-hmm. team would have been different anyway but I think the way Musa started the season the way he was holding the ball up I think the two of them would have absolutely ran riot so I think to an extent Rosenberg were probably lucky that, that we had that injury but I thought he was great I think in Cham particularly in the second half him and McGregor just took the game by the scruff of the neck and just absolutely controlled it I think you're right Craig I think we saw one run from Kieran Tierney just before half time and he delivered the ball into the box mm-hmm. and then the second half that's what we did throughout the game. Yeah. They couldn't handle him. I think James Forrest on the right then negated their their left back's attacking options because he had to stay back because he knew if he didn't it was space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think the whole thing changed and that's why there's not really much else that Rosenberg can do that you can see them you know, they just play one way and, and I just I can't see them causing us too many problems. But I, I, again, we're not going to go into the game complacent because you know, obviously goals change games as, as, they, as the cliche goes. But you don't want to give any team any early momentum. So if they got an early goal, they suddenly think, right, we just need one more. But I think if we just the first ten fifteen minutes we're quite solid, then I think we'll create chances. And you know, one goal over there does it for us. And I think Brendan Rodgers' team as well. They don't panic when they go one nil down. So I think that yeah. was a really interesting thing. That was a big thing, I think, mm-hmm. from the other night. I think everyone felt in control. They kept on passing the ball. kept on passing the ball with pace as well, which I felt last season, perhaps at times, we, we probably dwelt on the ball a little bit more than we did the previous season. So I think the way they moved the ball, the way they kept their confidence, the way they kept on trying to find their man, I think um, bodes very well for this season. Yeah, I think that was a big thing that Brendan Rodgers spoke out when he came into the club, uh, having that calmness in game situations. So if, if in positions of adversity, you know, not... Uh, Remaining focused on the game plan, uh, not you know becoming rushed and making bad decisions, and we've seen it so many times when Celtic are in positions of adversity in key in key matches, whether it's going down to ten men, whether it's going a goal down, you know there's just that calmness about the side. They they, they, know, they know that if they remain focused on their game plan, that they will prevail eventually, and uh, it came to the fore against Rosenberg. And I think that's I think that's a sign, Paul, as well of the grown maturity of the team on the European stage. You know we're now. This will be hopefully our third time progressing to the group stages of of the Champions League. And when you play so many of these pressured, intense qualifiers, it just builds that experience and that savviness as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think because it's effectively the core of the same team that's kind of built over the last couple of years. I also think just when the players, when the manager changes something in the middle of the game, having seen how things aren't quite unfolding the way that he wants, he makes a change and then suddenly things click into place. I think even just for the players, then it just it's further, you know, evidence that actually the, you know the the manager 
is absolutely spot on with what he does. So they just there's that absolute trust that whatever he asks them to do, they know it's going to work out because you know he he's watching the game, he's reading it, and then he just he tells them right if we do this, things will work out. But I think as you said, Craig, I think one th- for for fans who maybe in the past have seen us maybe going a goal behind and maybe starting to panic a bit, and I think even the, the fans kind of stayed with the team, but certainly there was that just absolute calmness in the team, as if they they just knew that just keep doing what they were doing, obviously up in the pace in the second half, things work out in the end. Yeah, well, thank you very much, uh, gentlemen, for your contribution, Paul and Craig. Um, And, of course, you can read all about the start of the league campaign in this week's Celtic View, which is out on Wednesday in the shops, and you can also download the magazine as well. So, hopefully, next time we'll be speaking, we'll be talking on the back of a positive result in the league and in Europe. But until next time, thanks again for listening, and hail, hail.